podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's a maximum. Oh, it's brilliant. Taken away by Wicks. Let's see Oh, it's glorious. And it's Ward Prowse who strikes it. Bamford shot. Oh, brilliant. The Pogba. Oh, what a finish. Came out to Jimenez. Picked that one out. What a goal by Harry Kane. Saka, 2-0. Jesse Lingard, oh, thumping finish. The champions of 2021 are Manchester City. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable. With your host, Tiriwa Chanakira, and his guest, it's Guy Drinkle. It's game week 22 and you know what that means. It's time for another brand new episode of A Tad Predictable. I am your host, Tad Predicts, and I'm joined by executive producer of this podcast, Mr. Guy Drinkle. Mr. Guy Drinkle, uh, first and foremost, welcome back onto the show. And secondly, um, are, are we are we friends again? Are we coexisting again? What's 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 the deal with that? I don't know. You keep dragging me on podcasts. That's <laughs> <laughs> the issue here. No, uh, no we good. We good. We good. We good. Yeah, and, and and a little behind the curtain. Now, obviously, it was pretty hectic and chaotic um, first half of the season with a lot of games towards the end being cancelled and rescheduled, and we kind of had a team meeting this past week to try and you know organize which guests are going to be coming on to you know to to drive home the second half of the season and obviously there is that important banquet or burnet championship um that you know that our guests are playing for so we got to make sure that everyone gets enough goes at that um to, to challenge for that but mr guy drinkle um you know there are so many games that are happening this game week, game week 22. You've got Friday games, Saturday, Sunday games, and then next week, Tuesday and Wednesday, there are games as well. Um, a little housekeeping. This episode, we're going to go through Friday, Saturday and Sunday's games, and then I'm going to record another podcast um, I'm, I think it's on the weekend it's scheduled for, and then that's going to come out on Monday and that will cover Tuesday and Wednesday's games. Um, very, very busy, congested time of the season. Uh, how, how are you feeling about the Premier League at the moment? I'm all right with the Premier League. Well, apart from Liverpool's <laughs> bit, but basically Liverpool season's done because they're not winning a league and they're not finishing below fourth. So yippee. <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> what a spoiled fan. I uh, well, <laughs> it's just annoying because we should be still challenging City, and I know people be like, "Oh, believe and all that stuff," but it's, like, uh, it's what happens when you sign one. I, I don't want to turn it into one of them things, but you can always do more. Um, but yeah, it, it is a privileged position. But you look how good Liverpool's team is, and it, it should it should be challenging. Whereas the league shouldn't be dead in January. But hey ho. Um, we're here, but there is some fun games. Um, to be honest today, I mean, I'm fine with the Premier League. I'm just annoyed with all these Thursday games Liverpool keep getting. I mean, now this will sound privileged, but I don't do this Europa League stuff. 
<laughs> I don't watch football on Thursdays, people. This is I am not Arsenal and Spurs. This is this is disgusting. Um and we are recording on a Thursday, so I've got to watch the Liverpool game afterwards as well. Which it's Thursdays is not a football day. It's a day off day. Um but yeah, the Premier League's the Premier League. I mean Man City have won the league, let's be honest. But uh, there is other interesting stuff to be talked about. Definitely there is, and I'm sure every single fan is going to be rooting for Liverpool to somehow not <laughs> make the top four just oh, so Mr. Drinkle can have Thursday yeah. games. I mean, that was that was something else, Guy. I mean, if, if, you, if you're going to put a target on someone, that, that's certainly a way to do it. And, and speaking of targets, and maybe it's an unreachable target, we've, you've touched on it a little bit there. Um, obviously, Man City start. The, the the Saturday games, but there is a game before that because we got Friday games this week. It's Brighton versus Crystal Palace. Now, Brighton have had a bit of a topsy turvy season. They've gotten you know the the a uh, couple of good results recently, and after the booze, the infamous booze that came after another draw back, I think it was back in late November, early December. It seems like they've got the fans back on board. And I don't know if I can say the same for Crystal Palace, who kind of have done the reverse of of Brighton, where the fans at the beginning were like, okay, we, we get this is a process. We, we we can see where this is leading to. It's kind of there a bit of some frustration murmurs. Maybe the honeymoon is over uh, for Patrick Vieira uh, at the moment. I mean... What do you what do you think about this game? Is that too harsh a, a point to put on on Patrick Vieira's early early tenure at Crystal Palace? I think it's a bit harsh. I think they've ultimately still been very good. I mean, I mean, last five games they've only lost to Spurs and West Ham, who were fighting for the top four. So I, I don't I don't think I don't think the well, maybe the honeymoon period's over for Vieira, but I don't think he's under any pressure or real criticism. I think, I think Palace understand. I mean, that they've tried the transition away from Hodgson and, and, and Co. before, and I mean, Vieira's clearly the most successful one because he's outlasted what was it five games the board or something <laughs> like that. Probably, I think it was less than that actually. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's going well. I mean, considering the injuries they've had with Eze, who was their best player last year, being out. Um, the transition I mentioned away from like Sacco, I, I know Tompkins is still there, but they've had a whole new back four basically. Uh, midfields changed, attacks changed. So yeah, I think I think they're doing fine. I think they're doing well more than anything, considering the amount of uh, stuff they did in did in the summer. And and Brighton, Brighton, you can say the same really. I think it's just it's building on what was. A very good statistical season, which sounds very boring and probably is very boring, but <laughs> now now the results have be kind of became real, really. I know they had that barren spell where they didn't win for months on end, but they proved they were still really difficult to beat. They still need the goal scorer, and maybe they'll address it this month, maybe not, because they're not in any real danger of going down. I mean, they probably need eight points to confirm staying up if not that it's probably going to be a, a weak season in terms of staying up so maybe they don't need to rush into buying a striker um but no i think these are kind of two equalish teams maybe brighton are a bit more set but they are without um basuma who's obviously i'd probably say their most key player and dunk who's their probably their most key center back as well um 
so that's probably their two most key players. But Palace are obviously missing people with um, injuries and Afcon as well. I mean Zaha, who's obviously he was the one man team for so many years. Kiate and Jordan Ayew, not as big a miss probably. Um, but yeah, it's it it might be one who decided by who um, plays better without their key players. I mean, as you know, today I always back Brighton. I gotta, I, I, I gotta back them. I'm gonna go two one Brighton, but it's gonna be interesting to see how they do without Basuma because I think whilst he was having, how do I word this, issues, uh, that seemed to be when their uh, dry spell started. So if they can deal without him, I, I think they'll win. But I ultimately, I think it's decided who who deals with missing key players due to Afcon better really. But I'll go two one Brighton. 2-1 to Brighton. And you mentioned those missing key players. Um, I would probably throw Koyata in there as well, just as mm-hmm. someone that Palace rely on to, if they've got an injury crisis anywhere on the pitch, he seems to be the solution most of the time. Um, I, th- I think that's also an, an interesting piece to lose. You know, you mentioned Jordan Ayu there going to AFCON as well. I, I like Ayu. Um, I know he's not you know, the the favorite son for Crystal Palace or anything, you know, close to that. But I do think he holds up play really well in terms of holding the ball up, allowing them to move up the pitch. Could be a bit neater, tighter when it comes to finishing and, and, and stuff like that. But yeah, the injuries or players away is going to be a big factor in this game. But you mentioned who's going to miss the players more. Previously, I'll probably say it would be Crystal Palace with how heavily they were reliant on um, Wilfred Zaha in the past. But I think they've got a slightly more balanced side at the moment, and that's going to help them out. I, I still think they've got enough firepower. Benteke seems to be having a resurgence. Obviously, they've got um, um, Odison Edo. Um, Edward, he seems to be you know, playing pretty well for them as well. And mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna mirror you there. I'm gonna go two one to Crystal Palace. Let's have a face off to start this podcast it's in like a not so harmonious. Again. It's a not so harmonious start to this podcast, Mister Drinkle, and um, we'll see how we get on for the rest of them. I teased this fixture earlier on, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's the fixture of the weekend. I don't think that's going out on a limb saying that. But Manchester City versus Chelsea now. You, as a Liverpool fan, you've kind of already written the league off there um, with with your monologue at the beginning of the podcast. But do Chelsea, if if Chelsea can pull off a win here, does that leave the door open for Liverpool, or or it doesn't? And also, are you then now worried about securing second? Like, if you've written the season off and you've said, okay. And I say written the season off in inverted commas. But if you're saying, okay, we're probably not in danger of not finishing in the top four. So we'll finish mm-hmm. top four, but I don't think we're going to win the league. Are you then now looking at the season trying to cement second? So saying, you know what, maybe City winning isn't a bad thing because we weren't going to catch them anyway. And it keeps Chelsea, you know, within, um, you know, arm's distance, arm's length distance, and, and we can try and get back into that second spot? Or how are you approaching this game? And then, just from a neutral's perspective, how do you think this game is going to play out? Obviously, Chelsea played midweek in the Carabao Cup against mm-hmm. Tottenham. Um, they rang some changes, but 
a lot of their starters did start that game. Does that affect them going into a game against a city side who look to be well rested and in in good form at the moment? So, if I start off with the Liverpool point, I think I'd rather Chelsea win because I'm not bothered in the slightest if we finish second or third or even fourth. But genuinely, unless something catastrophic happens, it. That's the top three. Um, so I'd, I'd rather Chelsea win just to some hope alive. Um, I mean, we do have a game in hand. So, yeah, if, if Chelsea win and hopefully we beat Brentford, we beat then beat Leeds in our game in hand, we'd still go second. Um, so, I, yeah, I'd rather Chelsea win just to keep the... T- I'm doing air quotes here, people. <laughs> keep the title chase alive. Um Yes, but I, overall, I'm not bothered whether we finish second or third. I think I'm not even sure if that matters in terms of Champions League pools and stuff like that. But ultimately, and this is going to sound arrogant, but we are Liverpool. If we're in a group with whoever in Champions League pots one, two, four, whatever, I, I, I'd expect us to go through. I mean, look look what we did this season. We were in the apparent group of death and we kind of... Like just went through knife through butter, um. So yeah, I, I, it doesn't really bother me whether where we finish as long as we're in the top four and playing Champions League football. So yeah, Chelsea hopefully win from our point of view. Um, just looking at injuries, mm, Chelsea are missing a few. Well, basically both their full or wing backs, I should say, and their goalkeepers, obviously. Um, at Afcon, although this says he's ill, so I'm guessing he's got COVID and is at Afcon, so you've got a double whammy there. Um, who are Man City missing? Stones, they probably won't play. Ford and COVID, so maybe Zinchenko COVID. Who knows? He who shall not be named. And Mares is at Afcon. So, I mean, Man City are the favourites. I mean, I. City beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, didn't they? And, and I think that was one of their better perform- best performances of the season, if I remember correctly. I, I just I just think City, the way they're playing, I mean, Bernardo Silva's been excellent. We've not even really seen the best of De Bruyne yet. Sterling looks to be getting up there. They've got a £100 million player on the bench in, in Jack Grealish, who was fantastic for half of last season. Um, yeah... I'm going to go City 2 now. I I just think the way they control games. Chelsea have kind of, after their... Well, they're still in a bad spell in the league. I mean, drawing with Liverpool is one thing, but drawing with uh, Brighton, beating Villa, but drawing with Wolves, drawing with Everton, I drawing with Everton. Drawing with Everton. That Everton team. Jesus, no. But Chelsea are in a barren spell. And they seem to have changed... Or become a bit more flexible in terms of their tactics. Obviously, playing four at the back a bit more with, with the injuries, probably more so than anything. But I, if they play four at the back against Chelsea, I, I think uh, against City. Sorry, I think City will eat them. Like I, I like uh, Rudiger's obviously good, but I think in a back four he makes a lot of mistakes. Christiansen's not really a back four. Thiago Silva's thirty-seven, I think he is. So I think if they go four at the back, I think City will win more comfortably than I'm saying, but three at the back, I think City will just control the game, unless Kante goes like Super Saiyan um, but yeah, 2-0 two, two City I think City are just, at this minute in Chelsea having a bit of a barren spell, I think City are just on a different level 
They are on a roll at the moment. I mean, if you just look at their wins column, um, all they do is win, it seems, at the moment. Even in the financial sphere, uh, they tweeted out recently. But that is another story mm. for a completely different podcast. Sorry, the key words. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, allegedly. I won't say anything. Um, look, from a tactical perspective, you mentioned the does he go four at the back, does he go three. I think... He prefers three at the back when they're trying to get a little bit more possession. Um, he seems to favor that, um, playing with three at the back, especially in the bigger games, as I said, when he's trying to wrestle back possession. And I think he's going to go with three at the back this time around. And in, in, in him, I mean Tuchel. Um, just to at least give them a bit of breathing room when City press, so that at least they've got three at the back that they can kind of pass it around between them hope to create spaces in midfield. And then when you've got the likes of Kovacic in there, you, you're going to be able to mm-hmm. pick out a pass. I, I definitely think he's going through at the back there. Um, yeah, and absolutely. on that note, there was something else that I wanted to mention as you were speaking. Until we get to game eight on this podcast, uh, I've heard that Liverpool chat is now banned. Uh, you've hit your quota of Liverpool talk on this podcast. So until we actually get to the Liverpool game, you cannot mention anything to do with Liverpool again. Um, so okay. from my perspective, uh, hey, don't, don't don't shoot the messenger. This is just what I heard. Um, from my perspective, I think I, uh, arrested City against uh, a slightly tired uh, Chelsea is a very dangerous recipe for disaster uh, for Chelsea, I think, in this one. And, you know, I'm sure that club that shall not be mentioned until we get to them will be hoping um, for Chelsea to do them a favour. But I just think the the fact that City have had so much time to prepare for this game, I, I do see them winning it. Um, I'm going 3-1 to Manchester City. Mm. Uh, I, I think there might be a little bit of a fight from Chelsea, but then City's legs are just going to uh, prove to be too much for them uh, heading into that last bit. But Guy Drinkle, interesting game coming up in in that it's Burnley versus Leicester. And I say interesting because obviously Burnley have now lost one of their key goal scorers. And I don't think mm. you know that that's... That's controversial to say that. Um, Newcastle obviously signed Chris Wood from Burnley. They definitely won't have time, or I don't think they have time, and I haven't seen them be able to replace him You know, no, before no, yeah. this game is kicked off. So what can Burnley expect from this game? And then against the Leicester side who... If anyone's been disrupted by, um, you know, COVID and games being cancelled and then played again and moved around, I mean, Tottenham come into mind, but Leicester also seem to come into mind. What shape is their squad coming into this game? It doesn't exist. <laughs> I mean, it's, what is that? That's four people. Yeah, four people at AFCON. Uh, no, Dakar's not at AFCON. So, yeah, four, four at AFCON. And then everyone else is ill or injured. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's not going to be pretty. I think Dak is on here. He, he seems to be coming back. Sionchu looks like he's back, which isn't a good thing. On his fall in recent times. Um, yeah, but to be honest, it, it's almost a similar story for Burnley. Not quite as bad, but obviously Burnley's squad's a bit smaller. Uh, Corner, who's obviously been there 
probably their only glowing light this season. He's at AFCON. And then one, two, three, four, five, five people with uh, with COVID. Um, it says twenty five percent chance of coming back, but that's quite low. Uh, Goodmanson's always injured, so yeah. And Ashley Barnes is injured. Who you'd expect to be the the Chris Wood standing if if they don't sign anyone? Or he was obviously partnered in for years, but yeah, I I genuinely don't know how to predict this game because I have no idea who's going to be playing for either team. I think. As Leicester's squad's that decimated, you have to see it as a chance for Burnley. But I think I think we've said every time I've been on this podcast or I've been speaking to Dave on a Friday, I've always said it's a chance for Burnley. But I mean, look, the the loss to Newcastle when that was a must must win game, lost to Man United when Man United have been playing poorly, and lost to a poor Leeds team um, to, two weeks ago now with the FA Cup break and. I think Burnley went out the FA Cup as well. So, yeah, I think they're going to have to spend that Chris Wood money on on more than just a striker, really, because the squad just doesn't look up for it nowadays. Um, yeah, I, I gen this is probably the toughest one to predict because it's just I have no idea. I'm I'm going to back Dyche because I always do. I'm going to go one nil Burnley, but genuinely I have no idea who's going to play for either team. So I'm just going to going to back Dyche on one nil. When in doubt, back Sean Dyche. I, I think that's a that's a good. That's a t-shirt, that's right? A good, there. That's a t-shirt, definitely. Um, from my perspective, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly in terms of this being one of the hard games to predict because you don't really know how the teams are going to shape up in terms of who's playing, how they're going to be able to to play. You know, sometimes players come back from COVID and you know they feel the effects more than other players. Um, and whether or not that that has an impact on how they perform if they do then start the game. So all of that, I think, plays a huge factor into these two teams. Um, you mentioned the players that are away for AFCON with Leicester. I think this is an opportunity for Burnley. You, you, you're playing a Leicester side, and this is probably Sean Dyche giving the speech to the Burnley players before the game kicks off. I know we've lost Chris Wood, and... We didn't want to lose him, but it's fine in the sense that whilst we're still figuring out where, you know, the the strikers that we're going to bring in, if we do bring in anyone, cue him looking at the strikers. If you guys can prove that we don't need to bring anyone in, I trust you guys and 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 we'll back you to the board, and we won't bring anyone in. We'll do it ourselves. Um, they're not going to they they're not going to get a better chance to play Leicester. Leicester, as mm. you said, the squad's been decimated. They, I think Brendan Rodgers is going to be trying to piece together a, a team for this game, a system for this game, a shape for this game. And they're not going to have the chemistry that Burnley will have. Um, so, yeah, a 1-0 makes sense. I'm going to agree with you on that one. I'm going to go 1-0 as well. I, I agree with you in terms of that one. But we, speaking of Chris Wood, let's continue the Chris Wood conversation because the next team that Beautiful comes up done. is Newcastle. Look, I'm, I'm the king of the segways. We all know this by now. Um, but a new king has been crowned at Newcastle, or not necessarily crowned yet. Chris Wood joins. What were your initial thoughts on that signing? And then do you think he has an immediate impact in this Watford game? A, a Watford side who... I think they they just won the Man United game to get rid of Oli and then decided that was them done for the season, at least so it seems. It's disgusting. Yeah, so 
is this a good speaking of good times to play teams is this a good time for Newcastle to be playing Watford um, I'm not sure because Watford have signed 200 people in the last two weeks so <laughs> I, have no, I have no idea how they'll line up either um, yeah it, it, obviously Dennis is a doubt as well so that, that might be um, the biggest factor but they've got a few people at um, AFCON as well but I think they've signed loads of people who play them same positions I have genuinely no idea uh, I think Sars still injured but didn't, I think they took him to Afcon to check if he was injured, which is useful. Uh, but genuinely, I have no idea what for they they have. I think they've genuinely signed three or four people. But on the Chris Wood one, um, I like Chris Wood. I don't think you can justify twenty five mil for Chris Wood. I know it's a relief clause. I think, I think the signing hurts. Burnley more than it helps Newcastle if that makes sense, which there in turn does help Newcastle but uh, I think it's almost a bit of a panic buy because I think he's 30 year old, 25 mil, what's Divock Origi done to the footballing world that nobody wants to buy him <laughs> um, but I, I, think he's a, I think he's a proven Premier League, uh, Premier League um, forward but it's probably his week, I think, I'm pretty sure this is his weakest year by far, I think he's only had three Premier League goals, so maybe it's harder to justify it this season more than any other season. I, I think Aston Villa did something similar with Danny Ings in the summer, where they signed him off his worst year. Um, so yeah, but they have unlimited money. They needed a forward. I think they're obviously linked with that um, French FM regen as well. I, I don't even know his name. I, I think he's from. Uh, I think Stadren, maybe it's one of them. It's one of the French teams. Uh, I might be wrong with that. Etika, I'll go with Etika. Um, but yeah, they, they needed a forward because Wilson's um, injured, and I think Saint Maximin injured as well. I should really open this up and have a looky. Uh, Wilson's definitely injured, and so yeah, I, I think it's a fine sign if you have unlimited money, you can weaken a rival and strengthen yourself. But it kind of screams very much short termism to me. But if he helps them stay in the Premier League, he could never play a minute again for Newcastle and it'd, it'd be a perfect sign for them. But yeah, not really inspired, but it, it could be fine. Interesting stuff. Uh, and the score prediction, Rhea? Um Newcastle kind of have to win because Watford <laughs> aren't very good. I mean, five losses in a row. I mean, they're matching your boys Norwich. Um, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> hey. I'm going to go one all. I think this will be the first one where I just absolutely sit on the fence. But I think Watford are more dangerous, especially if they've got Dennis and stuff like that. But Newcastle... Newcastle can't defend. No, I, I'm changing that. Two all. Two all. Chris, Wood, Chris Wood's going to have a madness, but Newcastle simply can't defend. And Newcastle should really buy a centre-back soon. Or two. Definitely too. You mentioned you mentioned centre backs. Well, the theme of the signings for Watford, you mentioned they've signed a few players. Three players so far have come in. So Hassani Kamara, Samir has come in from Udinese, and then also Edo Kayembe has come in uh, from UPenn. Basically, all defensive minded players. You've got a um, a central midfielder there in in terms of Edo. You've got a left back. 
in terms of Hassane and then a center back in terms of Samir. So definitely mm. defensive minded signings, maybe trying to yeah. sure things up at the back there. If Dennis can carry on doing the business up top, I, th- I think it's a smart move to let's at least stop team scoring and, and give Dennis at least a chance to get match winners opposed to just goals that keep us in games or keep the score a little bit more respectable. But guys not giving this game a respectable score. I mean, 2-2 uh, should be fun. Um, mm. Eddie Howe, obviously, with his football, it does lead to a lot of goals on either end of the field, and they will be desperate to get in a centre-back. But I think the Chris Wood signing was smart. Uh, I don't think they have long-term plans for him. I just think it was a... we've We do need someone to come in, you know, cover for Callum Wilson when he does get injured. But it also allows us to weaken one of the teams we think we can catch this season um whether Burnley go on to use that money wisely or not you know that that's Burnley's problem in terms of Newcastle's perspective all we're doing is taking away one of their focal points and we'll see if they can figure out you know how to replace them so I think it was kind of like a double move there We, we get some cover in we get some Premier League experience you know in in the form of that cover and we weaken the team that's directly ahead of us obviously um, Burnley have a few games in hand, so we'll see whether or not they stay just one ahead of Newcastle. But yeah, it, it's a tricky game. Um, yeah, is Dennis playing? You mentioned he's seventy-five percent on Premier he injuries. Is, so he is. I'm um, guessing he'll be all right. Yeah, and, and it, considering this is an inverted comma six-pointer, they might push him to to play yeah. this game. Um, I think it's at it's at St James's Park. I'm, I'm going to go captaining him on FPL. Okay, then I'm going two one. Yeah, Newcastle. That solidified it for yeah. me. Thank you for that guy because double game. Guy Drinkle captain someone. You know they can attack. Do just I need it. to bring up Mikel Antonio the the winter of two year? No, last year. You've been hanging on to that and that one call. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. But uh, you mentioned tanking and the team that follows, or should I say teams, plural, it's Norwich versus yes. Everton. And I think it's safe to say both have been tanking this season, Mr. Gardrinkle. Norwich, oh man, we thought the dream was alive. I even did a lovely poem for them. On the during the festive season, um, an impromptu poem that that got really good reception. Um, maybe next Christmas I'll do another one. We'll see if I carry on that tradition. Well, two years they'll be relegated. They'll have to come back up. I was going to say, hopefully <laughs> Norwich are in the league to receive that. <laughs> but who knows who's going to be the team of the podcast next season, officially, unofficially. But guy, Norwich versus Everton. Talk to me about this. Everton, obviously, um, they had that. T- incident in the um in the cup game this past week does that bleed into this game and then norwich on the other end they they got smashed in their last game i mean that's no surprise at this point in time um it's 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 sad really from my perspective uh how it's gone for norwich this season and everton maybe the theme of this podcast is playing teams at the right time do Everton need this game against Norwich? I say this is Rafa Benitez's biggest fan, but if he doesn't beat Norwich, they should sack him. 
that they had they Everton have to win. I don't care who's fit. I don't care who's injured. You have to beat Norwich. Like only Brighton are allowed to not beat Norwich because that's what Brighton do. They just don't beat teams they should beat. Um, but yeah, I love Rafa Benitez, favorite manager of all time. Basically, when I grew up with football, apart from one year of um, uh, of Gerard Houllier. But yeah. They have to be Nor- Norwich are that bad, and I know this is going to pain you because it's the team of the podcast. But dear me, they are just a championship team. That, that's what they are. And Everton, if Calvert Lewitt's fit, I think that'll be huge, obviously. Um, but it doesn't matter. I mean, uh, Gray's been good. Townsend's been all right. He's been a bit up and down, but he started off the season very well. Um. They've got the new signings. I think they're linked with um, El Ghazi from Villa as well, um, who'd probably be a bit a bit of a uh, rougher signing, I think, D- Dirk Cowtish. So, yeah, I, I'm not confident in Everton winning this, and I'm not really bothered, apart from, apart from Rafa's job <laughs> on the line, obviously. Um, but I'm going to go 2-1 Everton. But I have no confidence in that because it's just not very good. Like what regard? Like I know why Everton fans don't like Rafa, and obviously the the style of football is isn't great, especially in two thousand twenty two. Um, but yeah, it, it they have to beat him. They they have they have to beat Norwich. They just simply do. No choice there from Guy Drinkle. You heard it, Everton. You have to go and win that game. I think 2-1 is kind of generous to Norwich. Um, obviously, they are the unofficial, official, unofficial team of the podcast. But we're also realists on this podcast. And, you know, we we did try the Christmas miracle. And not even the Christmas miracle worked, Guy. And, and that kind of really left me dejected in terms of the prospects for Norwich this season. The fight kind of seems to be taken out of them at the moment. Like they, I don't think they even believe that they're they're going to be staying up this season. And the moment that belief is gone, there's not really much left, especially in the Premier League, where every single game you've got to come in with the right motivation. Where, wherever you get that motivation from, you know, you just have to find motivation for each and every game. Otherwise, anyone can beat you on any given day. I think for Everton. The motivation is, as you say, they have to beat Norwich. And it seems like every time Rafa is under pressure, the players do step up for him. So I, I don't think he's lost the dressing room or anything like that. But you, you even saw it this past well, week in the FA Cup. <laughs> I mean, well, he's gone, so it doesn't matter anymore. They lost lots um, <laughs> they, they, um They played Hull. They, they were almost out of the FA Cup, but somehow they pull off a, a win in that one. And you know what? A win's a win in a cup. You're through to the next round. But as I said again, this is a game where Rafa can't afford not to lose. You've mentioned that. I'm going to go 2-0 to Everton. I think the players just seem to turn up whenever Rafa needs them to really turn up. Um, and then, yeah, so they they kind of march on and see where that takes them. Um, I'm, in terms of marching on, I've, I mean... There are two teams that I can reference with regard to that, and they play each other in our next fixture. Obviously, Wolves have been marching very well this season. I think they've been just on point, very difficult to um, to break down, not conceding that many goals. 
I don't think anyone's considered, apart from Manchester City, I mean, it's they they are ridiculous and that's it. Man City have conceded 13 goals this season. The second best is Wolves. They've only conceded 14 goals. So only one goal more than Man City. The problem, I suppose, for Wolves is they've only scored 14 goals as well. Mm. So uh, not goal difference. But they're so difficult to score against, Guy. And that's a good recipe to have in the Premier League. If they can just start getting a bit of the goal action going again... Um, I mean, they're just going to keep going up and up. I've, I've really, really been enjoying them. It's unfortunate that um, Huang is out until about February because I thought that partnership with um, Jimenez was really starting to gel quite nicely. But despite that, I think the fact that they, they're so difficult to break down and then they've always got the potential to score goals, maybe not so much in terms of their finishing quality this season. But at least the potential is there to create chances. Um, it's whether or not they take them. They're coming up against a, a very plucky Southampton side because Southampton have been up and down the season, Guy. There was a time when they were flying high. Then there was a time when they were sinking quite, <laughs> quite rapidly. And now they've started to pick up momentum again. I mean, no losses in their last four games. Uh, and obviously the marching re- reference when the Saints go marching in just to finish off that marching reference. Do you think that, which team carries on marching, uh, you know, in 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 a way that they want to be in terms of getting a W in this one? And then a side note, as is custom on this podcast, when is the vest coming back for Hasenhutl? Because this has been a couple of weeks now where he's starting to wear tracksuits. Um, I'm not feeling that. Bring back the vest. Hashtag bring back the vest. Maybe he thought the the vest was the issue. Oh, how dare you! The I, no, I, I the, the vest is net. The, you the, take that back, right? I, now. I will. I'll take that. But maybe that's because we know footballer uh, football people are. Um, su- what's the word? Superstitious. Superstitious. That's My God, word. man! Why would you even put it? I out know. There I'm either? sorry, Hasenhutl. I know he listens to this podcast. Probably, maybe. But he don't does. listen to guy. I'm don't not, listen no, to I him. Want, I'm, it's I'm not the, the vest. vest. It, the waistcoat needs to return. It does. And if it's at the cost of points, you're safe, Ralph, mate. You're safe. You've got 24 points. We just discussed Norwich, Newcastle and Burnley and Watford. You're safe. Bring back the vest. It's for the betterment of the Premier League. Um, the game itself, vest dependent, obviously. If the, if the vest back, Southampton are winning 4-0. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's a tough I think it's a tough game to predict because I think... We basically said that there, if Wolves get a goal, they'll probably win. Because, well, they don't concede. Um, but Southampton, as you say, Southampton are very weird. They're either terrible or very good. <laughs> they don't seem to have a middle range of just fine. Um, so it really, it really depends. I mean, I don't want to predict another draw. That's what I'm secretly predicting, but you will shout at me again if I predict another draw. No, no, no. By all means. By all means, do predict one. Okay, I'm going to go one all. I, I think Southampton probably score for... I really like that Broyer. I, although I haven't... Oh, yeah. He, he, like, I take him at Liverpool, to, to, uh, uh, the team that shall not be named tomorrow. Um, Could you I, not wait? They're like two games left. I recovered that perfectly. Nobody oh, knows I was going to say Liverpool, <laughs> um, but I would take him at my club, put like tomorrow. Um, he he's excellent. Um, 
obviously they've had the goalkeeper injuries and, and a few others, but as we say, they kind of seem to have settled into it. They only lose Gineppo to AFCON because Garner didn't take Salisu for some reason, or I don't think he wanted to go for some reason, but which is good for Southampton. And Wolves are always missing people. Uh, as you said, Huang, but Neto's still out, etc. And, and everyone else who's been gone for ages. And, and to be fair, Sice is a miss uh, at, at AFCON. He's, he's probably been the, one of their better centre-backs. Um, but yeah, I'll stick with the one or I think both teams don't score loads, um, but Southampton in, in, in a good patch of form. They probably have the, the players except Adama Traore, who might be going to Spurs, obviously. That seems to be the rumour, but they just seem to have the players that Pull out the big moments. Your your Ward Prouses, your Bro your Broyas, and um, the other forwards just randomly score. But yeah, I'll, I'll stick with one. I think that might be a bit of a boring game, but a draw is a good result for both. I think. Maybe we'll see. We'll see how the season um, progresses on that draw. But guy, yeah, from my perspective. It's going to be really fascinating to see what kind of mini record that, that, that's been going on, which one tumbles, because Southampton are scoring goals at the moment. And I, I have Broyer in my fantasy team, and I've been thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with um, how he's playing, with the uh, production that he is producing. And obviously, Southampton, you know, we mentioned earlier how Chelsea play Tottenham and whether they, you know, do they carry those legs into the Man City game and how that affects them. There's another side to that that coin. Southampton come into this game on the back of a 4-1 win against Brentford on Tuesday. Maybe they carry that momentum. Instead of the tired legs, they carry the momentum of an emphatic win, a game where Brentford started to come back at them and Southampton kind of just shut the door on them and, and, and carried on scoring goals. So maybe that momentum comes in. They've got the goal scoring. But damn, man, that Wolves side, man. Defense is so hard to break down. I see where that one nil is come, uh, one one is coming from from your end. I I, I think the Saints go marching on. I think the Saints Oof. break that 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 Wolves damn wall that seems to be set up. I'm going for a two one Southampton win. Uh, I think this is going to be a fun game. I really do. From a tactical standpoint, maybe it might not be, you know, a 5-5 thriller. But just from a tactical standpoint, I think this could be a really interesting game. Um, and then, Guy, we move on to a game that seems to have a mini feud that started um, when one of the Aston Villa players who's from Man United, he was on loan from Man United and, and he's kicking up a fuss about Steven Gerrard isn't playing him and he's, you know, he's, he's out. He doesn't want to be there anymore. That's kind of added a little bit of fuel to this game. Do, do you agree with me on that? Or am, am I creating fuel out of nothing really? It's Aston Villa versus Man United. It's at Villa Park. So it's not like Gerrard's going to have the hostility of Old Trafford um, in this specific game. But what do you, what do you think of, of this game where we saw it, we saw it this past week in the FA Cup, um, kind of the reverse fixture, so to speak, because mm-hmm. that one was at Old Trafford, was it not? Yeah, um, it was, yeah. But yeah, so does Gerard and Aston Villa get revenge? Obviously, they've got Coutinho that signed. They've got Dinya. You, met, you mentioned him earlier. He's signed as well. There's a feel-good factor at Villa at the moment. And then 
On the other side of things, Man United, obviously they got the win on, on Monday to continue in the cup, but stories starting to leak of players not really happy with the coaching staff and Ronaldo saying the mentality of the squad isn't so great. These are two clubs who, from a, a mood perspective, from the outside looking in, seem to be on opposite spectrums. Um, um, what do you think? Do you think that affects this game? Um, I don't think there's really much rivalry there. I think I don't remember Villa United ever being. When I think it was like they finished first and second early in the Premier League, but in terms of the Twan Zebi stuff, I, I just think I think his brother was his agent or something, and he just seemed to be chatting warm as the kids say. I I just I don't think there's <laughs> nothing there. I mean, Gerard just signed someone from Everton for twenty seven million, like ridiculous. I don't think he cares. I I really don't think he cares. Um, he he just obviously wants to do best for uh, for Villa. I mean, Ashley Young's probably been one of his most dependable players as well. <laughs> Ashley Young's a lot more associated with um, United than Twan Zebi. Uh, yeah, I, I basically what we learnt on Monday is United still get help from referees. <laughs> um, and Villa are better than Man United. The better coach, probably have a better team or a much more balanced team. But on Monday, United were... I don't think they played Ronaldo. I don't think they took Ronaldo. Or maybe Ronaldo was injured or ill or whatever. Um, who is obviously their only person who does the goals anymore. Um, yeah, but I, I think Villa are a better team. They're much more balanced. Adding Coutinho, I think, I think he'll be a great starter. We know Gerard likes to play the the two narrow people behind the forwards, so maybe Coutinho and Buendia behind Watkins. It's probably more balanced than um, playing Bailey or Gwen. Uh, I shouldn't say Gwendozi, El Ghazi or whoever who aren't the best options anyway. Uh, well, ba- Bailey's not really had chance yet, I should say. But no, I, I think Villa are the better team. I think Villa are going to win this game. I'm going to go. Two, three, one. I, I think Ooh. Villa are just the better team. I, I really do. I think, I think Coutinho's going to have a madness and then probably be bad for the rest of his Villa run. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's how that's how football works. Yeah. Well, speaking of how football works, I've always kept a keen interest on when teams play each other back to back, once in the league, once in the cup. How often do teams win both those games? And it's quite rare that that happens if if you go back and you look at um you know score sheets from from years gone by so i have to give villa the win in this one because of that rule it's 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 just one of those things now it was deciding what the score would be you blew me out the water with that 3-1 i I didn't think it was going to be that emphatic i I went with the 1-0 villa win um you mentioned Ronaldo, if he's going to be back. I think he himself says he's quite confident that he's going to be back. Uh, just a groin issue. And I think it was sort of an injury where he could have played against Villa. But they thought, you know, let's just give him a bit of a break. We've got Villa again on the weekend. Um, we should have enough. And it turned out they ended up having enough because they threw to the next round. And yeah, he plays this weekend. Does he get a goal? According to me, no. According to you, yes, because as you say, he seems to be the one that does get all the goals for Man United at the moment. 
Guy, we move on to a team, and I guess your embargo has been lifted for this mini-segment. It's Liverpool versus Brentford. Now, obviously, this game isn't on TV. If only there was a way that you could watch it if you're in the UK. I don't know. What do you reckon? I reckon we could do something to help people. I think we could. Like... Imagine, like, I, I know this is a crazy thought. I'm just going to spitball this out there. But imagine you could watch TV channels from outside the UK whilst you're still in the UK. I, I reckon there's something there. Because, because, hear me out. You have, like, for example, in South Africa, um, you know, and I lived in South Africa for many years. And there, every single Premier League game is shown live. Regardless of what time it is, you know, in the UK, you've got that mid, you know, the three o'clock or the, the, the afternoon game embargoes, but they have every game live. So if you were in the UK and you could watch South African TV, you would be guaranteed every single Premier League game and you could pick and choose which one you wanted. I know in the US, they have a really good package where I think almost all the games, if not all the games are shown on US TV. So, I mean, I've heard of Liberty Shield, and and they're a VPN provider, and they are the presenting sponsors of this podcast, and you can check out their services at libertyshield.com, and they would solve this problem that we seem to be having right now, where you get to watch South African TV, the US TV. I mean, HBO Max has so many movies that got loaded onto there, and that's been a godsend to have Liberty Shield for me because I've been able to watch movies at nauseam on the app. It's been absolutely glorious. Um, I recently watched uh, The Eternals, which came up, I think, just the other day, about like three days ago, and I was able to watch that, No Hustle, No Fuss, um, HD, perfect, perfect, perfect scenario. So basically... Guys, Liberty Shield is a VPN provider, and you can check out their services at libertyshield.com. And not only that, you can save with the new coupon code for Liberty Shield. It's EPL599. That's EPL599. Uh, this one is valid until the end of January, so the 31st of January 2022. It will discount a monthly software subscription bought on Liberty Shield website by £5.99, pence, which means you get your standard 48-hour free trial, and then your first month of VPN will only cost you £1. That is an absolute steal. Um, it will obviously revert back to your full price of 6 99 per month after that month one has gone by. But you can log in and cancel at any time before the full sub kicks in. Guys, Liberty Shield has awesome features, including privacy and security. You get to hide your IP address from anyone, you know, hackers and those sorts by encrypting your internet traffic. You can also avoid geoblocks, the very geoblocks that we've been discussing um, prior to this ad read and government imposed restrictions to access any website. Um, so do go visit libertyshield.com. This podcast is also presented by eplindex.com. Guys, do not forget to submit your teams at eplindex.com stroke predictions, and we will discuss that a bit later on in the podcast. Guy, let's discuss Liverpool versus Brentford. Do you want to just wax lyrical for a bit here? Um, not really. You mentioned that the, the title's kind of gone for you. 
you know, oh, woe is us Liverpool in third place with the game in hand, play still playing for all the cups. I mean, what are we going to do? Boo-hoo, boo-hoo. Yeah, because I've just seen Liverpool's team news for tonight, and it's Jordan Henderson and James Milner in midfield. Oh my goodness! Yes, you can you can you can put your Liverpool hat back on today, and be, <laughs> oh and be sad about that. <laughs> so well done, Arsenal. Um, no, Liverpool should. No, nah, I'm not saying anything on that game. <laughs> no, nope, because that will go bad either way. Uh, if Liverpool play that midfield against Brentford, it, it's going to be a tough game because that midfield doesn't work. Um, I know we're missing Thiago and Naby Keita's at AFCON etc but Milner played against Chelsea the other week and we had Keita then so yeah James Milner who's I think he's 36 or 107 one of the two he's ahead of our £60 million centre mid our £40 million centre mid in Oxlade Chamberlain our uh, Mason Mount comparative in Curtis Jones, it's not a pretty look for Liverpool's midfield. And Thiago's made out of cheese string. So yeah, Liverpool, do do the midfield signings. Like, you won't this month because January doesn't exist. Um, but yeah, Liverpool need to fix their midfield. Um, they should still have enough to beat Brentford because Brentford, I don't know, they seem to draw with us and then give a few teams a, a difficult game and then just decided, well, mid-table, that'll do. Um, but they like if I go back to the first game, Brentford absolutely smashed us. Like, Joel Batip still has nightmares about Ivan Tony. Trent somehow got 4v1'd at the back post. I, I've never seen a team target us like that. I think our, our midfield was dreadful. But they just battered us every time physically in the duel. But hopefully they're not that same team, which they haven't really shown since then. Um, their goal, They've got that young goalkeeper in because Ray is injured. You can't really blame him. He's a young keeper, I think, from the second Spanish division. Um, but... Yeah, the defence hasn't really settled into the Premier League. The midfield's kind of been destroyed by injuries, but I think they've kind of got over them a bit. Um, But if Liverpool don't win this, I'll have to cry on a podcast somewhere. Um, I don't think it'll be comfortable, because Brentford games tend not to be comfortable. I'm going to go 2-1 Liverpool, and that is very not comfortable for how I feel, but I think... Liverpool's record without Thiago in, in midfield is not very good and he he probably will pick James Milner and John Henderson who will play most of the game tonight and yeah, I, I don't think it's pretty but I'm going to go 2 on Liverpool Jotter and Firmino are going to have to click instantly but yeah, if if it was if it was after tonight's game because that'll probably answer a lot of questions how we look without the AFCON lads yeah, it might be a different story, but I'm going to go 2 on Liverpool. I'm not overly confident because, well, it's not even really mine anymore. We're so rely- uh, reliant on Salah this season. And, yeah, we don't, as I said, midfield issues at the minute. So, yeah, but I'll go 2 on Liverpool and, yeah, hope- hopefully we win. But uh, I don't think it'll be pretty. I think it will be pretty for Brentford fans. Oh, no. I've gone with a 1-1. Oh, no. I think no. Brentford... Um, um, I really think that Brentford could do a number on Liverpool in this game, um, especially because this Liverpool team definitely doesn't look anything like the team that won the league two seasons ago. Not even the team, you know, that kind of fought 
their way into the, you know, obviously injuries and stuff. But two seasons before, three seasons before, there was kind of a a, a mentality, a, a, a we're going to win every game type of mentality that kind of oozed off of the Liverpool team. I don't see that this season. And it looks like a team that kind of picks and chooses when the mentality is really strong going into games. I mean, this is all relatively speaking. They're all professionals and they want to go in and win every game, blah, 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 blah. We all know that stuff. But I do think the players are going to focus more on the two Arsenal games that sandwiched this Brentford game. And that's going to be at Liverpool's detriment because this game is going to be like a cup final for Brentford. They've already had a cup final against Liverpool last time out and they did fantastically well. I think they're going to take that momentum and say, look, no matter how crappy we've been these couple of weeks, we know if we bring it to Liverpool, we can shake them. And they're going to be focusing on those Arsenal games. So I'm going with the 1-1. I wouldn't be surprised if Brentford do sneak a 2-1 in this one. Uh, you know, and, and speaking of sneaking stuff, Guy, West Ham still seem to be hanging on to this fourth place. They 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 are, by hook or crook or whatever, they're hanging on. I mean, beautiful performance from Bowen in the midweek game. Gets those the, the brace against Norwich. They've won three in a row, guy. They were starting to slip. They were they've let in the likes of Man United, Tottenham, Arsenal into that race for top four again. But they said, you know what? Let's get our act back together. Three wins on the bounce. Moyes was in contention for manager of the season. I think he realized that that was starting to slip away, and he thought, let me get my act back together. I think he's also realized there might be a Tad's top five coming up soon, and I think he's trying to edge his way back Oof. into that uh, contention. What do you think of West Ham versus Leeds? Obviously, a Leeds side that hasn't been doing so great this season. Just the four wins. Uh, and speaking of wins, they've only had one in their last five games. I'm worried about the amount of goals that they're allowing this season. 37 so far this season, Guy. Against a West Ham side that should be bouncing into this week. I've, I've gone 3-0 West Ham, and I'm curious if you think that's harsh because when i looked at this i didn't think it was harsh and that's a very sad thing to to say when you think about what leeds gave us last season i don't think it's harsh at all leeds have no <laughs> well no one <laughs> they just have no one uh well rafinha well yeah it literally is just rafinha um but they've got no center backs okay they genuinely don't have any even the young ones in just <laughs> I think they just do have Robin Cock. Um Yeah, that's not pretty. Antonio's gonna have a field day unless he's injured. Let's have a look. You can never count on Antonio. No, he's fit apparently. Antonio should have a field day. Uh Bowen's obviously in in, in good form. Uh, uh, he scored he scored twice the other day, and I think he should have scored more apparently. Um Fornells is really I, I really like Fornells actually. Um Declan Rice is a bit of a beast. Yeah, West Ham just should win this game. Unless Rafinha does an absolute chaotic madness. I just don't see how Leeds do anything in this game. But Leeds got their important win in the last round of the Premier League, beating Burnley. Gives them a bit of breathing room to to the other four. Um, Doesn't mean they're safe by any means, but it gives them a smidge of breathing room to get uh, people back from injury and, and illness and whatnot. But yeah, I, I agree. I think West Ham should win this comfortably. I'll, I'll say 3-1 to be different, but I think West Ham should win it comfortably. And I 
Rafinha will probably do something mad and score. But yeah, West Ham should win this comfortably, especially if they they are actually aiming for top four. I mean, where are they now? Are they top? Yeah, they're fourth. But they're uh, fourth. other they're teams have ga- yeah, other teams have games in hand. But as you say, West Ham are in good form as well uh, with the three wins back to back. Yeah, three three one West Ham. Awesome stuff. And to tie off this podcast and to tie off the top four conversation, Spurs and Arsenal fans have been patiently waiting through this podcast, hearing about all the other teams. When are they going to speak about us? Well, Guy, Spurs versus Arsenal ends off this mini part of the podcast. We'll obviously do the Tuesday and Wednesday games on another podcast. But for this weekend, Spurs versus Arsenal ends it off. That That's a absolute palate cleanser to to end off a, a, a what looks like an exciting weekend looking at your score predictions here what do you think of the north london derby an arsenal side obviously you know at time of recording we haven't seen how arsenal perform against liverpool maybe that does change opinions you know heading into this north london derby but from spurs's perspective they played chelsea last time out they seemed to struggle to create really good chances the chances they did create were either offside or you know not penalties etc etc so i I didn't really count those as creating chances if it's offside it's not really a chance is it but that's not how the football world usually sees it people will embed that into their head as if that was a chance but spurs when they play on the counter-attack they're a lot more dangerous arsenal seem to want to play from the back build up um i don't know how the two managers are going to approach this tactically because does that mean spurs then press arsenal to try and prevent that playing out of the back and if they do it will mean spurs don't then have necessarily the space to run at arsenal on the counter spurs i think look more dangerous when they're transitioning from their half to the other team's half on the break looking to create chances opposed to a team's already set up and break us down i i I, there isn't that nuance in spurs's team yet obviously with Conte at the helm that probably comes at a later point in time but right now they don't have that for me so they will be hoping for a basketball type game arsenal will probably be hoping for a a more methodical slow down game i would think in the sense that they're a more progressed team in terms of the philosophies of their manager are you seeing the game similar to me on that one what, what what's your thought process on this um this last game of the weekend it, it's weird because arsenal arsenal seeing obviously come up against big teams and I don't want to jinx it before they play Liverpool, but we're playing a week. <laughs> no, too, jinx away. No. Jinx um, away. But Arsenal, seem, as soon as they come up against a big team, now now this is where the the debate comes, that our Tottenham a big team. Obviously, it's a big game oh. with the North London derby. Um, you don't care about just putting a target on your it's back. It's Tottenham. What's you, the only one I know is your missus, and she's not going to come hunt me down. Ah, <laughs> uh, You'd be surprised. You'd be <laughs> well, surprised. that's true. Uh, I'll put the kettle on. Um, <laughs> I think if Arsenal had a fully strength team, obviously uh, Party and Court, um, Afcon, I, I, I'd probably make them favourites because, as you say, Tottenham very much in in, um, in flux at the minute. Obviously, I, I still personally trust. I still trust them over Arsenal to get top four, but that's more Conte than the actual team. I think. 
Spurs, if everyone was fit, you could see what the team would be. It'd be Heisberg and what's his name in mid? Skip in midfield. Skip. That's the one. In midfield, and then it'd be um, Emerson and Regulon as wing-backs. And then defence, it'd probably be Dyer, Romero, plus Ben Davies, which isn't pretty. Um, but it, it's the attack that seems to be the problem. Obviously, the defence is an issue, but it, Romero's barely played, and Eric Dyer, regardless of being Eric Dyer, is still better than Davinson Sanchez and Tanganga and etc. Um Ah, it's a tough one, this, because Son's not fit as well, and Harry Kane is a disgrace at the minute. Lucas Moura is carrying their attack. I, I do wonder if they... I mean, Lacelso played the other day, didn't he? Wasn't too good. Ndombele is obviously pretty much one foot out the door at Spurs since he joined Spurs. Um, Deli Alley played well against Liverpool. Um, maybe he gets another run, but he's probably been dreadful every game since then, that's why he's not got another one. But th- their attack, just without Son, and I know Son hasn't had the best season so far, it just doesn't work. I mean, Harry Kane's been dreadful. Mora's been good, but he's Lucas Mora. There's only so much he can do. Um, But I don't want to back Arsenal. <laughs> um, You know what? 2-1 Arsenal. Wow. Just the injuries Spurs have are just... Such key. I mean, Son carries their attack. Romero and Dyer is their defence, and even Regulon. He, he's such a great outlet at left back. He's, he's a doubt as well. Um, yeah, I, I think them injuries are just insurmountable. Whereas Arsenal are missing a, a few, but I think well, Xhaka will be back. That's not exactly great. <laughs> but uh, I basically it says fifty fifty for Odegaard, Tomiyasu, and Smith Rowe. And they're not playing tonight. I don't think. Um, I looked at their team sheet fully, but if they're saving them for in a semi-final, you'd guess they'll have them for the North London derby if the fifty-fifty. So, if them three are back, I, I'll go two-one Arsenal. But yeah, it, I don't think it's. Uh, I think it might be a mad game, but maybe not a good game. I think it'll be one of them. Interesting stuff. And yeah, certainly questions for Arsenal when it comes to big games. And we'll see whether or not, I mean, two big games in a row, whether they can vanquish those. Those comments that have been, you know, swung towards them. Spurs, they will be wanting a reaction after that disappointing two legs against Chelsea. Didn't score a single goal. Um, And this game's at home. It's a North London derby at home. The players have to react. They simply have to react. Um, I think the big issue for me with Spurs at the moment is the personnel they have in defense are very error-prone. So no matter how well, I think yeah, Skip exactly. and, and, and Hoiberg have been doing really well as a screen in front of them. But no matter how well everyone else is playing around the defense, the defense always has at least one or two goals that they're going to give the other team. And then put on top of that the firepower that Arsenal have been showing recently. I think it's just going to be too much for Spurs. So they're already kind of going into that game 1-0 down because of the defenders that are playing. Um and then I can see Arsenal scoring another goal in that just, as I said, with the firepower that they have at the moment. So I'm, I've gone 2-1 to Arsenal as well, and we kind of end this podcast harmoniously. I'll be interested to see what kind of attacking presence Spurs have in this game, because as I said, they'll be hoping for a basketball game. If Arsenal give them that, maybe they could get a couple of goals. But 
if Arsenal don't give them that, it's going to be tough sledding. It's been tough sledding for Spurs to score goals of late, and hopefully they address that. But, Guy, that addresses this episode of A Tad Predictable. Do you have anything you want to plug, put over, or promote before we wrap up? Um, So, to, well, probably might be tomorrow when I release this because I've got to go watch the Liverpool game in five minutes. Um, it, it's, uh, I'll be on with Dave, probably doing your bit, hosting. Um, and then hopefully me, yourself and Hannah will be back for the match ratings on Rate Don't Hate over an AI Pro for Liverpool-Brentford. Um, unless your prediction's true, then I will not speak to you again. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll hopefully back on the... Uh, into a regular thing with Rate Don't Hate over there. And then AI Pro itself. Um, you you know the crack by now. If you're a Liverpool fan, go check it out. Awesome stuff. From my end, guys, go ahead and check out all the content on EPL Index website. We have previewings, post-match reviews, player performances, all the news that you could wish for, including transfer news. You know that teams are starting to get a bit busier Um Hopefully, if you if you want to catch up on what your team's doing, who's being linked, what the strong links are, go check out EPLindex.com. There's also the daily podcast show, the Two Footer Podcast with Dave Hendrick. Uh, finally, you can also check out the flagship show that runs weekly. It's the EPL Roundtable with Kevin DeVries. He sits down with panelists from respective EPL teams. They do reviewings and previewings of all of the happenings. In the EPL, uh, you can follow this show on the Twitter page at a tad predictable. You can follow at EPL Index as well on Twitter. Subscribe to EPL Index podcast channel on your podcast providers. Guys, do give us five stars. Write some positive comments if you know if you feel so inclined. That good stuff really really helps us out. Go sign up for the free predictions competition. It's at EPLindex.com stroke predictions and you stand a chance to win all you have to do is get your game week predictions in every single week at eplindex.com stroke predictions if you top the leaderboard come the end of the 21 22 epl season you stand a chance to win a hundred pound voucher for epl index shop as well as 300 pounds cash prize uh, from our awesome sponsors, Liberty Shield VPN. And guys, if you do catch Liberty Shield, do let them know that you heard about them from us. Um, and then next week, as I said, we're going to finish off Tuesday and Wednesday's games. And then we're also going to have, after that podcast, Jake Jackman is going to be coming back onto the show. So that should be good fun. Um, I've been to the Ochenakira. You can find me on the Twitters at Tad Predicts. We have the brand new intro. Huge thank you to Obi Semenya. He's at John Empire SA on Twitter. Um, Mr. Guy Drinkle, our producer behind the glass, and our you know co-panelist host. I don't know if you if if your Liverpool takeover on this podcast kind of made you a co-host. Um, that's why you have to be put in timeout. But he's at Guy Drinkle on Twitter. And remember, Jessica Perry. Taken away by Wicks. Oh, it's glorious! And it's Ward Prowse who strikes it! Bamford shot. Oh, brilliant! A Pogba! Oh, what a finish! Came out to Jimenez! Picked that one out! What a goal by Harry Kane! Saka, 2-0! Jesse Lingard! Oh, thumping finish! The champions of 2021 are Manchester... Sports Social Podcast Network.